On today, we're going to deal with the concept of a imbalanced Christian. All of us have certain areas that we like, that we prefer in our walk with God. But is this the total picture of righteousness? So on today, we're going to take a look at righteousness from different angles and examine this concept of the imbalanced Christian. Make sure you stay tuned. You were listening to Good Treasure Podcast Show with your Bible teacher, Darius Good. He is the senior pastor of Bible Gospel Center and founder of Good Treasure Ministries. He is the author of the books, Unlocking Godly Wisdom, Fear of the Lord, David, Man of War, and the children's book series, The Adventures of Rai Rai. For more information, visit the website at dariusgood.com. For more information regarding the church, visit the church's website at bgc.family. And now, here's your Bible teacher, Darius Good. Thank you for joining us on today. You're listening to the Good Treasure Podcast Show, and my name is Darius Good. Visit our website today at DariusGood.com to learn more information regarding the podcast show, as well as one of our other podcast shows entitled The Divorce Christian where we deal with the topic of divorce and being a Christian, um, visit our website. You'll find that information right there on the homepage, as well as information that pertains to our books. I've written seven books so far. Two are spiritual books. One is entitled The Fear of the Lord. The second one is entitled Unlocking Godly Wisdom, uh, Solomon's Seven Pillars of Wisdom. And then I have a children's book series uh, it's entitled The Adventures of Rai Rai. I've written four books so far. Um, this series is based on my youngest daughter, Riley. And uh, it's a series of just adventures and stories that are told through the eyes of a toddler. My last book is a uh, comic book entitled David Man of War. And so visit the website today to check out all those book titles. Once again, that's DariusGood.com. For the last several weeks, we've been looking at this topic of righteousness, and we've been looking at it from the verse where Jesus explained that our righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. Today, we're listening to episode 13, and it's entitled An Imbalanced Christian. And I want to begin with a a dream that I had uh, many years ago. Um, in the dream, I entered into this house and I went to the room to the right of me. Um, I think there was a staircase directly ahead of me. So I made a right, went into the first room, and in that room, there was a weight bench that was set up. There was a barbell across the bench and there was weights on the barbell. Um, I don't remember any other furniture being in that room. I could tell the individual was given to working out uh, looking at the bar, they had a significant amount of weight that was on the bar. And when I looked at it, my thought was, I think I can handle um, the, the weight. And so I laid on the bench. And when I went to unrack the weight, I realized one side had more weight than the other. And of course, anyone that works out understands how dangerous that is. And so I set up and I'm trying to figure out why is there more weight on one side than the other I got off the bench, decided to go further into the, 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 the house, and I went into the next room and then turned to go to the left, kind of into a hallway, at which point I was face-to-face with this massive lion. 
this line was huge. And I just remember my heart felt like it had stopped. Um, I was completely terrified as I began to back up. I fell on the ground and I felt like this line was so just strong. It had the ability to tear me apart. And then the line approached me and I realized, you know, it had no ill intent. Um, it kind of reminded me of just watching Narnia and those movies um, where the lion, of course, represented Jesus Christ. And when I woke up, uh, I heard these words, and I won't say the individual's name, um, but the lion said to me, tell this person when they leave their house, do not leave me at home. Now, I won't go through the interpretation. If you have any spiritual depth to you, um, I think you can understand what the, the dream itself means, the interpretation of that particular dream. But what I want to highlight is the bench where the individual was working out. And even though the Lord did not give me the interpretation of what that means, I think it's rather clear that as this person was giving to working out, developing their spiritual man, the scripture talks about us being built up. Um, one way that we build our spiritual man is through praying in tongues. In Jude 1, verse 20, it explains, But ye, beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So this is one of the ways that we build our spiritual man. Um, there's a requirement for us to pray in tongues, to pray in the Holy Ghost. And so this individual was given to edifying themselves, building up their spiritual man, but the, the way they're going about it was very imbalanced. I've learned that we have a specific bent to us in our walk with, or, or walk in life, I should say, um, in our spiritual natures. And so some of us are given to, um, we like angels and demons and things of this nature, uh, we'll watch movies that deal with horror or that deal with a spiritual um, angle to it. Um, things that deal with the prophetic. People are given to the prophetic, given to dreams and dreams interpretation. Um, and we see this not only in the church realm or church world, but also outside in the uh, the world itself where people are given to stones and uh, things of this nature that have a spiritual sort of vibe about it. Um, I know of people that go to classes like Ricky classes um, and they're learning about herbs and all these different things that are, are spiritual in their essence. And then we have people that are given to prayer. Some people are afraid of some of those, that level of spirituality. But then we have other Christians that are just given to prayer, hardcore prayer. And they'll pray daily. They'll pray for hours. Um, they're giving to fasting. And um, as I'm looking at many different lives that I've encountered, being that only a pastor's son, I've been exposed to so many ministries in my journey um, that I've seen so many different types of Christians. So I'm not talking about uh, denominations. Because um, with us being an independent church, we were 
exposed to many different denominations, but I'm talking about their actual spiritual walk with God, things that they held as being important and critical in their walk. And in doing so, I've began to see a imbalance with people's walks. And so the lesson that we've been covering um, of Jesus explanation of righteousness, I think it kind of paints the picture for us of what this imbalance looks like. And so the passage of scripture we've been looking at is in Matthew chapter five at verse 20, where he said, except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. And so as we've been covering the last several episodes, Jesus explained the importance with this concept of righteousness is that it had to include the scribes and the Pharisees. And I really never really heard this taught um, from preachers or teachers. Um, We've always kind of labeled the Pharisees and scribes as being enemies of Jesus Christ. But in this passage, Jesus is clearly stating that our righteousness needs to go beyond what the Pharisees are doing or going, going beyond what the scribes are doing. And I know I keep emphasizing this, but it's such a critical point if we're going to live a lifestyle of righteousness. And so, as I mentioned, um, as we highlight certain aspects of our walks with God, what I want to do on today is uh, highlight these aspects and then put them into a category and kind of visually paint a picture so we can understand this full concept of righteousness. So going back to working out, um, if we went to the gym and and this was what I often saw when I would go to the gym, a lot of guys were given to working out on what we refer to as the, the show muscles, which is generally the arms. And so guys are there every day doing biceps. They might go every day and do triceps. And I'm watching these guys work out every day. And they're giving mostly attention to the arms or sometimes even the upper body, but they're neglecting their legs. And so their body is imbalanced when it comes to the development of the muscles. Interesting, when you eat, it affects the entire body. So you can't focus on uh, specific areas. But when it comes to muscular development, I can give a lot of attention to my back. And so if I'm doing pull-ups, all I'm doing is back. It's going to affect my shoulders to some degree, definitely going to affect my biceps, but it's going to have little effect on my chest and little to no effect on my, my lower body at all. And so what I began to learn was the importance of having a balanced workout where we are targeting all the different muscles. And you begin to realize that the legs are made up of several muscle groups. Um, it's not just the, the quads, but you also have hamstrings and you have gluteus maximus and gluteus minimus. And then you have the lower back muscles that tie into this as well. You have your upper back muscles, which includes your traps. And so you have all these muscles that you can focus on and develop and take those weaker body parts and begin to bring them up and make them stronger. Um, And this is all critical with development. And so we're applying this sort of concept to our Christian walk. And when we have 
groups that highlight certain things that are uh, what God uh, brings pleasure to God. So let's use that example. Let's talk about a lifestyle of holiness. It's important that we live a a lifestyle of holiness if we're going to live a life pleasing to God. And so we understand uh, we do not commit adultery. We do not fornicate. We do not bear false witness. And so we have a list here um, that we can even look at in the book of uh, Galatians. It talks about the works of the flesh. And so beginning at Galatians 519, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murderers, drunkenness, revelings, and such. And he explains that these that are given to these lifestyles will not inherit the kingdom of God. We have another list um, of behaviors that God is just not pleased with. So if we strive to live a lifestyle that's not given to these behaviors, I'm guarding my heart, I'm guarding my mind so that I don't do these things. We understand Jesus said, if a man looks upon a woman uh, with lust in his heart, that he's committed adultery. So I'm guarding my eyes to make sure I don't lust after a woman. Well, this is a lifestyle that is a lifestyle of holiness. And we're called to live a lifestyle of holiness. But if this is your only effort in your Christian walk with God, then you have a imbalanced walk. And in many churches, this is the sermon that you hear every Sunday. The list of what not to do, things that we can't do, things we can't be given to. And this is a small portion of the concept of righteousness. Holiness really falls under the scribes, where these were men given to teaching the laws of Moses or the laws. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Um, Honor thy mother and thy father. So the laws always dealt with are actions and behaviors towards someone else. Now we can broaden that as well because Jesus talks about lusting in the heart. So there's areas of the heart that has to be dealt with, not just areas of lust. There's a passage of scripture that deals with, um, with envy. And so when it comes to envy, envy is an internal issue. Um, sometimes it begins to manifest itself outwardly, but envying is internal. And God said, this is Titus chapter three, verse three, for we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lust and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. He says, but after that, the kindness and love of God, our savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. And so we try to make this effort not to be like those listed here, not to be foolish, not to be uh, deceitful, 
not to be given to lust, not to be envious. All these are issues of the heart. There's another one that deals with the imagination of evil. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, it mentions the idea of evil surmisings. These are things that we begin to guard our heart from so that God, when he sees our hearts, our imaginations, our thoughts, what they're given to, he doesn't find this sort of thoughts or thinking or behavior associated with us. We want to be clean in God's eyes. We want our hearts to be pure. We want our motives and our intentions to be pure. But this is only one third of righteousness. And so those that are given to live according to the law, which is really to love thy neighbor as thyself, that's the New Testament law. That's the requirement. Paul explained in the book of Romans, he said all of this, the laws as they pertain to adultery. And I'll just read the passage from Romans chapter 13. He says, oh, no man, anything. This is verse eight, verse eight, but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. He's saying that the entire law is fulfilled when I love my neighbor as myself. So now, I can live a life of not committing adultery, not committing fornication, not being deceitful, and you can still hate your neighbor. One doesn't equal the other. So I live a lifestyle that is pure and holy, but now when it comes to having contact and dealings with individuals and with people, especially when my nature is challenged, when they rub me wrong, I got to make sure I'm responding in love. Well, guess what? That is a part of righteousness. But if I make this my whole walk with God to live a life of purity, my intentions, my thoughts, my mind is pure and clean before God. I'm no longer a part of the lifestyle that I had been a part of, but God has washed me. I've been rejuvenated. My spirit has experienced the rejuvenation. I've been restored back to the original plan of God as Adam uh, should have been. I've, I'm saved and set free and delivered from my past. Well, guess what? It's still a small part of righteousness. And so now we say, well, I want to be righteous in God's eyes, so I want to do works. And so I want to be able to help those in need. I want to be able to to not just live a lifestyle that's pleasing to God, but now my effort, my attention is given to the things of God. And so um, as we highlighted some areas before, we, we, we highlight certain groups that we like to work with. The homeless, you know, women, children, um, even men. I mean, no matter what the, the category is, it's works that we're doing unto God. We can even take a woman like Martha who says to Jesus, I'm laboring, I'm working, I'm doing the works of God. I'm making sure everyone is taken care of. And guess what? You can give yourself to this mindset and lifestyle. You can go to the church, 
And you can labor day after day after day. And at the end of the day, all it is is works, which are needed, which are good, but they fall under the category of sacrifice. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16, it says, but to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Let me read this from another translation. NLT version. Don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. Here's another verse, that YLT version. It says, doing good and fellowship. Be not forgetful, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. We're talking about living a life pleasing to God. So we, we've highlighted holiness, and now we're highlighting the importance of doing good, doing for those that are in need living a lifestyle of fellowship with the body of Christ. We got to be in fellowship. We got to be a part of the church. And people are saying, well, I could worship God however I choose. No, you can't. You don't make the rules regarding God and regarding worship. This was established in the very beginning. So God taught Adam how to worship him. Adam taught Cain and Abel how to worship God. We see in the book of Job, a man that was worshiping God as the priest of his house. We come to the book of, of Moses, which would really be the book of uh, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, where we see the priesthood now put into place. And God gave a strict, very strict order and rules of how to worship him as priest. You can't determine worship towards God. God is not going to just accept any and everything. And so one of the commandments by Jesus was that we do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. It's important that we come together. Why? Because contact with one another is critical in our walk with God. So fellowship becomes part of that sacrifice, which is pleasing to God. What is fellowship? Fellowship is communion. Another word that you'll find is intercourse. All these words, fellowship, communion, intercourse. There is verbal intercourse that must take place. What does that mean? You're sharing parts of you that remains with me when I leave you. You share stories, your, your testimonies of walking with God. And now they impact my life because I heard what God did in your life. And it just boosted my faith. It boosted my, my resolve. It, it boosted me as I might be going through a struggle or through a, a battle, some warfare right now or a storm. But your fellowship has brought me strength. This is important. Jesus said to Peter, I'm not going to pray for you to get out of this experience because, because I need you to be strengthened. So I'm going to pray that you go through this experience where Satan has desired to sift you like wheat and my prayer is that your faith does not fail. Why? So you can strengthen the brothers. How are we strengthen when we don't come together in fellowship? And so all these things we highlight as being part of our Christian walk, and yet we're still falling short. Why? Because that falls under the Pharisees. The Pharisees were given to good works. They were given to lifestyles of prayer. 
And so, as we saw, and we highlighted, I think on last week, I mentioned there are several different types of prayers. Praying in the Spirit, intercession, supplication, um, petition, the prayer of faith. How about this? Decrees, prayers of, of confessions, prayers of proclamations. We got the prayer of healing. There's so many different types of prayers that are mentioned in the scripture. All of this becomes a part of our experience of walking with God. So we have people that highlight prayer. We could go to church and every week they're talking about prayer and we got to pray. We got to lay on our face. Right. But it's still a imbalanced walk with God because there's a portion that's still missing. All of it is required. The sacrifices are required. Taking care of those in need, being good and doing good works. That's required. Prayer is required. Living holy is required. But the part that's missing from the experience is walking in faith. The just shall live by faith. There has to be an experience with God where God is speaking to us. We serve a God that speaks. He is a risen savior. And so he's going to say something to us. He's going to share something with us that will require me to believe his word. It's a lifestyle of faith where I'm trusting God. I'm believing what he's promised me. And then I ask, should at some point obtain the promises that he has made to me. And so we see with the father of faith, Abraham, God comes to him. The scripture says he preaches the good news to him. What was the good news? That you shall be the father of many nations. And in Galatians 3, 6, it says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. There's a path of righteousness for each and every one of us. And that path requires faith. You have been listening to Good Treasure Podcast Show with your Bible teacher, Darius Good. This was a Good Treasure Ministries production. Darius is the senior pastor of Bible Gospel Center and author of the books Unlocking Godly Wisdom, Fear of the Lord, David, Man of War, and the children's book series, The Adventures of Rai Rai. To learn more about these books or to listen to other episodes of our podcast show, visit our website today at DariusGood.com. For more information regarding the church, visit the church's website at bgc.family. We pray that today's episode has brought revelation and enlightenment. Please like, share, and subscribe to our podcast show. And until next time, may God open unto you his good treasure. Be blessed.